You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Alana Enquirer podcast and happy Monday to all you watching live on our YouTube channel. Appreciate you guys. And if you're listening on the podcast here, it's Jeremy Warner and Joey Wagner. We decided to go live. This was kind of scheduled. We knew this was likely to happen, but Illinois has its starting quarterback. And this was not, as I just wrote Joey and our what it means, this is not the most suspenseful production. Luke Altmaier was brought in to be the starting quarterback at Illinois, and he will be the starting quarterback against Toledo for their season opener on September 2nd. Today on the podcast, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the quarterback position, and we'll talk about all the position battles. But we haven't been able to see a lot of practice, Joey, but uh, I don't know how much drama you thought there actually was in this quarterback battle, but it seemed pretty clear all along, especially with what we saw in the spring with Luke Altmaier getting so many first-team reps that that he was going to be the guy. So what's your reaction to Altmaier being named the starting quarterback? Uh, probably about the same as yours. I'm not necessarily surprised. I, I would have been floored if Brett Bielma stood up there and said it was somebody else. Luke Altmaier was brought in to be a starter. He came to Illinois to be a starter. Now, if he came and airmailed everything for four months, then you'd have to look differently. But it sounds like he was continuing to improve in camp. I don't think anything, as we've seen with the announcement today, happened to make us think otherwise we haven't heard anything otherwise not the most suspenseful we'll get to the backup job that was always the most uh yep. i guess the biggest question we had but not a surprise man and the, there's short term and if things go well for luke altmeyer long-term ramifications for him being named illinois starting quarterback well here let's play uh brett bielma what he said about luke altmeyer being his starter uh, we will announce today uh luke altmeyer be our starting quarterback going into toledo game um you know we've really uh, had even last spring through all this fall, um, I've been very impressed with the quarterback room in general. Um, a to have Barry back as a returning coordinator, but also our QB coach, I think has brought a lot of uh, continuity to that room, even though we got new faces. Um, uh, Luke, I uh, sat down and visited with all three of our quarterbacks, or really the uh, Luke Altmeyer, uh, John Paddock, and, and, and Donovan Leary. And to be quite honest, Kirk Lomisho has had a really good uh, spring and summer, but those three guys, I think in particular, uh, have proven to me what they can do and what they will do. Um, uh, I told all of them, obviously, uh, uh, Luke, with his his role as starting quarterback, um, I've, I've been very impressed on not just his play on the football field, but kind of how he's handled, I think, to walk into this environment, to have a lot of people from the outside world think he's going to be that guy and to uh, stand in front of his team, to give cadence as a quarterback, to speak in the huddle, but also on the sideline in the locker room. I thought he's just really done a nice job of balancing all that. So we talked in detail about what that was going to be from this point moving forward. And then obviously John Paddock, I, I, I thought he probably played one of his best weeks of football last week. And, and uh, the competition has definitely made everybody in the room stronger and uh, very impressed with John, uh, not only again with what he's done on the field, but he's a uh, you know, type A men- mentality, personality, everything, got great leadership qualities. Um, all the things that you ask for in a quarterback, he shines through uh, and has been very, very efficient with our offense. And I think the respect that our guys have on the, on the field for him is big. And then Donovan Leary in particular, you know, got us going into a second fall with us, but last year redshirted, this year going into his redshirt freshman years, really put together a nice little little run, especially this last week. He by far, again, I think on Friday night, played his best football that I've seen him play. So uh, as a whole, that room I'm very impressed with, see where it can go. So that's Brett Bielma, and uh, no surprise here. Again, Luke Altmeyer. we saw in the spring when we had a couple open scrimmages, Joey took almost all the first-team reps. Donovan Leary got some first-team reps as well uh, in the practices that we saw, but he was clearly the most talented quarterback. I mean, and that's not a shock. He's a former four-star prospect. Uh, the pedigree is there. But what has impressed me with Luke Altmeyer is he's got one of the quickest deliveries. I think him and John Paddock probably had the quickest delivery. 
but his ability to place the ball, his ability to make all the throws, and not that he's got the biggest cannon of an arm in the world, but he can put it where he wants to, and he usually does. The touch he has on these throws. Uh, And then the other part is he's really the best, most mobile quarterback they have. He's going to be able to make plays with his legs. I don't think they want him taking a bunch of hits because a little slight of frame at 6'2", 200 pounds, but he clearly shined in the spring when we saw him talent-wise. And while he's not the most vocal of the top three options for sure, he seems to have grown on people and he seems to do enough on the field in terms of his work ethic, uh, in terms of his ability that John Paddock was not going to upset him here just because you got to have talent at this position, and he is by far the best talent, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly what we thought coming in. He's not the most vocal, but it does seem like over the course of the last – I mean, since he's been here, right, It's it's been a slow, maybe a decently paced progress of growing into that role. The guys say he's grown into it, and those things take time. That, that's kind of been the message that we've gotten that, hey, he's fine. Like, everyone seems to like the guy. It just takes time to – to step into that, especially when you walk into an experienced locker room, locker room that's been together for a while. Guys have already had established voices. You're Johnny Newtons, Isaiah Williams, Keith Randolph, Casey Washington. Those voices, I mean, those don't just go away because there's a new quarterback in town. You have to find your footing in there, and it sounds like he's done that. And again, we talked about this last time. A lot of people buy into you as a leader if you're making passes and you're making plays and, and moving the ball. I think that's ultimately what matters. And I, that's why there's part of me that really every time that the vocal thing comes up, I do roll my eyes because the guys respect him. And yeah. if you can make the throws, you can make the throws. I, I would push back a little bit on that because this is the one position where it really does matter. Sure. Because like co- like these coaches talk about it, right? Um, Brett Bielma brought it up all the time with Brandon Peters. And from what I've heard from people around the program, you know, he's more outgoing, more outward than Brandon Peters was, who was just a reserve guy, but Brandon was by far the most talented guy in that room. But if it becomes to a point where the play isn't good enough and you're not getting enough leadership and fire from that position, I think that showed with Brandon Peters at times that he just didn't lead the team at certain times when you just needed the quarterback, either one to make that throw or fire the team up. Um, but some guys just don't have it in them. And that's fine. But you know, John Paddock's got that fire and we hear about it from the teammates. And I think that matters. Tommy DeVito had that. Tommy DeVito came into the Illinois you know, quarterback room last year and owned the room. I don't think Luke Altmeyer did that, but I think Luke Altmeyer congratulately has grown into that role of being the QB one, of the guy everyone respects because of his work ethic, because of his ability, because of his talents, his ability to make these throws and to lead them to success ultimately. But I do know the staff wants him to be a little bit more outward and, and to take more of a leadership role. And now I think, he is fully cleared to do that as he is named the starter. But they do want to see, from what I've heard, more swagger. They want to see a little bit more swagger. But he's not Tommy DeVito and that very few people are. But, but John Paddock brings that as well. So I think it is worthy of bringing up because the coaching staff wants more of it out of him. But I agree with you. If you have the talent, if you make the throws, if you score touchdowns, no one's really going to care about that other stuff. Because when Brandon Peters played well, nobody cared that he wasn't the most outward guy as long as he was making plays. The problem wasn't wasn't enough consistent playmaking. Yeah, and look, let's be honest. Most quarterbacks are going to fall between Tommy DeVito and Brandon Peters. Like We're talking about two pretty different ends of the vocal spectrum here. And I, I think Luke Altmaier probably fits in in a lot of ways where a lot of quarterbacks would. But I, look – when you actually get named the starter and that's out there and come on, I, I would have to imagine most of Smith center knew yes. um, long before Brett Bielma officially told them like, you probably do have a little bit more comfort in, in being louder and, and doing that. Like once it's officially, look, we have to look back at his time, right? Like he probably could have won one of those jobs, won the starting quarterback job last year. Like you want to make sure you've got this, I would assume before you go, full screaming mode or whatever, you know, is the desired output from a quarterback. Yeah. And when it comes to Altmaier, I mean, we've had the quarterback podcast, we broke him down, but I, I think he's got one of the most enticing skill sets and ceilings of any Illinois quarterback of the last 10 years. You know, Tommy was really good for them. Brandon was very talented. Uh, West Lunt had a great arm. When you talk about overall skill set, when it comes to accuracy, um, the ability to, have the deep ball with the touch he does and with his mobility. Um, That's one of the most well-rounded skill sets Illinois has had at the position. And he's got a little bit of experience. It's just the wild card is here. 
he's unproven. I mean, he's played in the Sugar Bowl. He's played some games. So you know he's got it in him, Joey, to compete at this level. He's just never been the starting quarterback of a team. I think he could have put up similar numbers to Jackson Dart last year at Ole Miss in that offense. Uh, And he pushed Jackson Dart into the season uh, before he had an injury in his first start. And and Luke wasn't all that great in that start against a lower-level opponent. But I think he's got it in him to to be one of Illinois' better quarterbacks of the last decade, which isn't a huge thing because Tommy DeVito – probably would be that guy, but I think he could be really good. I just think you're going to have to deal with some growing pains early on, uh, but that's okay because you can grow from those growing pains, not only in the short term, but in the long term, because he's got three years of eligibility left. That's a beautiful thing about this. Yeah. And you've got talent. We think around him to help alleviate some of those growing pains. But I think the big thing and it's what we talked about when he committed. It's what we've talked about since he committed. He's got three years of eligibility and if he doesn't use those things, it probably gone very well for Illinois or very poorly, I guess, if, if you don't ask him to do that. But to solidify this, where if you can avoid turning over quarterback every year, if you can get a returner who's talented and not jump on the portal carousel, which has been fruitful uh, with Tommy DeVito and, and Illinois hopes it is with Luke Altmaier, but having that continuity of your, your quarterback back, your coordinator back, some playmakers back, uh, depending on how this shakes out for Illinois. That's a big deal moving forward. And again, it allows maybe that natural development of a guy like Donovan Leary behind him to, to get those reps and, and get himself ready for, for taking over, if that's what it comes down to for Luke Altmaier. Yeah, and the one thing Barry only told me was that he hopes in year two of his system, all these other pieces around him can help elevate Luke in the early going. And then when Luke gets caught up and gets comfortable on the field and off that he can elevate everybody else. And I do agree with you, Joey, this is the best supporting cast an Illinois quarterback has had in a long time. When you consider you have three, all big 10 offensive linemen returning and, and just Brett Bielma's teams are good at it. Bart Miller is a really good old line coach. You have a running game that should be pretty good. Maybe you don't have a chase Brown, but I think this running game is going to be pretty good. And I think Altmaier will add to that. And you have the best wide receiver room Illinois had, or most talented and deepest wide receiver room Illinois had. Um, I think we talked about in the last podcast. It's like Geronimo Ellis and Mikey Dudak, Malik Turner. Like it's been almost it's, ten years. Yeah, it's almost been a decade. So I, I think there's a good group around him. I don't think it's obviously one of the top half Big Ten groups, but it's a competent Big Ten offensive supporting cast, I think, around him with a star like Isaiah Williams, with a future star we think in, in Malik Elzey. Pratt Bryant, they think, could be an NFL guy. Like, there's multiple NFL guys, I, I think, around him uh, that eventually play at this level. So, I don't think Luke Altmaier set up like Brandon Peters, go carry it, or Wes Lunt, go carry it. I don't, I don't think it's quite the setup. Like, he can be a game manager in the early going, potentially, make a few plays. Just don't make the big mistakes. I think that's what they're going to ask out of him is don't make the big mistakes and grow into the role. Yeah, and look, I think a lot of that is what they asked of Tommy DeVito, too. Yep. Remember, when Tommy DeVito got here, I don't want to use the term gunslinger because I don't know if that's 100% fair, but he was not as careful, I, I think, at times in practice with the ball as they wanted him to be or just the way he approached things. And they kind of got him, and I think we've heard Brett Bielema and Barry Lunny mention Luke Altmaier adjusting to what they want to do. And I, I, I don't know if it's exactly one-to-one, but – they're probably going to ask him in those early stages to, like you said, don't put it on the ground. Don't put it in the other team's hands. And we'll be able to, to trust the guys around you. And, and again, if you can make a big throw, do it. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, go find Pat Bryant somewhere. But there's going to be a, a time to let him get there. It's just how, how many mistakes are in the, the process of him getting there. Because I, I think we've talked about it before with him and, and a number of other positions. Middle of October, Luke Altmaier is going to look a heck of a lot different than September 2nd, Luke Altmaier, because he's going to have more reps by then than he's had in his entire career. Yeah. All right. Back up. That was the battle I think we've all long said was more interesting. And I think this had the predictable ending, but I do think this was a, a decent competition at one point. But, Joey, you followed up with Brett Bielma, who's the backup, and he said, as of now, John Paddock would probably be the guy that, that would come up next. So what do you think of John Paddock beating out Donovan Leary there? Very Art Sikowski last year. I, and I, I know we've talked about that before. And Brett Bielema's mentioned it a few times since we really started talking to him again at the be- end of July. Art Sikowski's ability to go in there and beat Nebraska, help beat Penn State when Brandon Peters was out, and his ability against Iowa a year ago, 
that mattered in a really, really big way to Brett Bielema. I think he saw a quarterback who maybe wasn't as physically gifted as some other quarterbacks who have been out there, but he was, he's had experience. He's been through there. Somebody that they trusted to not make mistakes in cases a mid game quarterback change. I think that mattered. And I think that leaned into, to John Paddock winning this job and John Paddock, Brett Bielema said had a good week last week. He's a guy who's been around, as you mentioned, his leadership, uh, you, you probably, you know, in an ideal world long-term, would you like your redshirt freshman to come in and win that backup job in Donovan Leary? Of course, mm-hmm. right? But you also have to be practical, and this is a big year to, to build that momentum, to keep that momentum sustained. And if that answer is a more experienced guy coming in for a half, a quarter, you know, if, if it's multiple games, we'll see if that comes down to it. Obviously, Elmer hopes it does not. Uh, then you want somebody who's been through there and who has started. He started 12 games last year for ball state like that that's important yeah and i think you've mentioned this previously on a pod joey and that's your schedules toledo kansas and penn state um don Valeri hasn't taken a snap at this level in a real game i know john paddock played at ball state but that's fbs reps he's played at tennessee he's just a guy that i think can come into a game and give you a little bit about what Art, Sark- Art Sikowski did now i know art struggled a lot i think paddock gives you a better athlete uh moving around He's way smaller than than Art Sikowski, but he's been in those environments. Of course, you're going to have nerves, but he's had the bullets fly at him. Donovan Leary hasn't quite yet had that. So I think if you had Ford Atlantic early, maybe Donovan Leary does come in for for some reps uh, at at some point, but the schedule just doesn't break that way. So we know they value Donovan Leary. like They they want him long-term as part of this room. I think long-term they think he can make a difference for them at quarterback, but there's a reason they went and got John Paddock and, and to get him. I, I wrote it today, Joey, like it is so valuable that they were able to get him as a preferred walk on just to have some kind of experience and a known in that room. So uh, kudos. No, no. I mean, it didn't have to, it didn't, wasn't written that it was going to work out this way. It was likely going to work out this way, but the fact that Luke Altmaier won this job and we think it wasn't all that close is good because he's the most talented guy. Uh, and that's why you brought him in here. But John Paddock, being the backup also is good because he's got the most experience. That's why you brought him in. So the transfer portal, we got to see how it plays on the field. But so far this offseason, they did pretty well just uh, just based on their depth chart at quarterback. Because if the transfer portal didn't exist or they missed on, you know, an Altmaier and had to go down the list, it could have looked a lot different. Yeah, they got their guy early. Uh, we know they were in on Hudson Card, but they didn't. We've seen Illinois in the transfer portal have to kind of get down the list of quarterbacking, um, you know, Brandon Peters, who I, I know you and I both enjoyed. I feel bad always going back to him, but it is a good example. Like that happened late and I don't know what other options power five wise were sitting out there on the table for him. Matt, Not well, Matt Fink, Matt Fink was also in the mix. Matt Fink was in the mix. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, and Illinois didn't wait. I mean, they got their guy in here in the spring, didn't have to kind of call and have a, a parade of quarterback visitors coming in here trying to find somebody who is interested. So, I mean, it worked as well as they could um, in the offseason, but what's that going to look like on the field? We, we still don't know. An ideal world for Illinois, it's, it's got some potential, especially with Altmaier and his eligibility to to be good and a bridge year for Donovan Leary to move into that backup role once John Paddock's gone. Yeah, Joey, and you hope, like, listen, there's going to be quarterbacks that transfer. Right? It's a position that you're, you're always going to have attrition at. I don't know if you can ever feel stable at that position, but you feel way more stable, Like especially with Altmaier. I think Leary's bought into the process. Now, maybe eventually doesn't get the starting job or feels threatened at like even the backup job and decides, hey, I, I only got a couple years of eligibility. But with him, with even a Misho, he's probably going to be here for a couple years. You get Cal Swanson developing behind him, Trey Petty developing behind them. Um it just feel like you have some form of stability, especially with Luke Altmaier having three years of eligibility and, and Donovan Leary still having four. Yeah, this position at Illinois just hasn't had long-term stability. The only reason Brandon Peters was here for three years was because of the pandemic. Yep. I mean, otherwise, it's just been kind of one-year wonders and carousels, which if you're a program that can get those really top-end quarterbacks for one year, that's okay, because you're still going to bring in a star. But Illinois wasn't getting those top-end transfer portal quarterbacks for those one-year stops. So getting stability at that position is what this program, and I guess a number of other things, has been missing. But that, that's been a really, really big one. 
All right, we'll dive into some other position battles because Brett Bielma actually was pretty informative about some of those things. But first, I want to tell you about BetterHelp. This episode of the Online Inquirer podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices, and the path forward isn't always clear. This can be with some major life changes, going away to college, hitting the real world on your own, relationships with significant others or struggling as a parent. Whether you're dealing with decisions around your career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want when you got to navigate life. So you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. So if you're starting a Thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And the great part is, if you're not feeling it with that therapist, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Illini today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Illini. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Well, Joey, um, usually coaches can be pretty quiet about position battles, but uh, Brett Bielma, a little more forthcoming about things today. So should we throw it out here? What did you find the most intriguing? Because we have position battles on the offensive line for a starting spot at right guard, the nose tackle competition. We've got two guys competing for that. Um, you know, linebackers probably going to be a rotation, but I think safety is, is probably one of the most intriguing battles. Uh, and then kicker, I'm going to throw kicker in there. So start us off, Joey, what do you find to be the most intriguing battle 12 days before the season opener? Safety, because the competition also came with some news today. Uh, Matthew Bailey Brebbielma doesn't expect to be available for the Toledo game. In fact, he's got a follow-up appointment the Monday after that. So it sounds like Brebbielma said Penn State would be the earliest. They hope they could get him back, which leads us to the safety battle because they lost their two starting safeties from last year, uh, Kendall Smith, Sidney Brown. We assume Matthew Bailey was going to be one of those given his freshman year. We'll see how that goes when he comes back. But they also were pretty active in the portal. And now that we know that Brett Bielan mentioned a summer setback for Matthew Bailey, that does fill in some gaps of, wait, they've got another safety coming on campus that they've gotten a commitment from. So we're looking at a safety battle between Demetrius Hill, Nicario Harper, Clayton Bush, and Miles Scott. And Brett Bielma singled out Demetrius Hill and Clayton Bush um, it sounds like that boundary, that strong safety position. And Miles Scott, a name that continues to come up. Write him in ink. I, every, I, I, mean, I don't feel great about every position battle. I, I wrote in my depth chart last week, my projected depth chart. We'll talk about the one I would change. I feel pretty good about Miles Scott. Like, I feel better about him than any other safety in this battle. Like, it felt like coming into today, the there were four guys I had in mind. Now I think there's three. But yeah, Clayton Bush even playing strong safety, I think, was kind of newsworthy because they talked about him playing free earlier in camp. So I think that walking skills, Brett Bielma has been going on. That screams free safety. Yeah, now they can, you know, they do a little bit of both in each. It's not you're not always in the box when you're strong safety, but you're more often covering a tight end or coming down into the box. Um, so Demetrius Hill, Clayton Bush sounds like that battle. I think Miles Scott's pretty locked in. What a story for Miles Scott. Wide receiver. He was a wide receiver, a rotational wide receiver a year ago. Moved over to cornerback in the spring. That was about two weeks worth. Then they quickly moved him back. Aaron Henry had been uh, fighting for this one for a while. He looks good. Physically, Miles Scott looks good. Uh, he's a name we've heard a lot about. And you and I were kind of like, well, I don't know about that. And, yeah, it, I would say Prepiluma didn't give a lot of names at free safety today. That was what was interesting. If Brett Bielman wants to, we've seen him uh, mm -hmm. pour gas on a, a position battle competition that probably wasn't really ever won at quarterback. We've talked about that. He didn't mention a lot of names, man. It was yeah. Demetrius Hill and Clayton Bush at one, and then Miles Scott at free safety. All right. Every season has these stories, right? Miles Scott feels Happy like baby. Yeah, Miles Scott feels like it's going to be a story because, boy, he's in a position – that um, you're set up to succeed in this free safety position, in this defense, especially if we think the front is going to be as good as it's going to be. Um, 
So Kendall Smith went from entering the transfer portal, looking to go down a level just so he can get playing time to five interceptions and all Big Ten or all honorable mention and making an NFL training camp, right? Like Miles Scott, who's got multiple years of eligibility left, um, could be another phenomenal story um, at that free safety position. So they seem to have a lot of confidence in him. The way Aaron Bailey talked about – or Aaron uh, – sorry, Aaron Henry – Aaron Bailey, Aaron Henry talked about him in the spring, caught our attention. The way he was talking about his one interception that just would seem to be. Oh my goodness, goodness gracious! It sounds like the greatest highlight video, (laughs) greatest interception ever. They got to throw that uh, training camp video out there at some point. But um, the way he talked about, I was like, okay, maybe we should, maybe we should think about him on the two deep. And some people were talking about, ah, this might be a a story for twenty twenty four. Well, Bailey's injury uh, seems like he's making the most of it, but. At that position, he talked to you about it, Joey, at, as a former wide receiver. And it's not like he was a nothing recruit. I know he's a walk-on, but he was a three-star by 24-7 sports, uh, went to prep school. He's got some talent, and uh, I'm excited to see it because obviously we haven't seen a lot of what Miles Scott can bring. But it's one of the storylines of the first couple of weeks because they're playing some really good passing offenses. Yeah, remember even a week ago or so, Aaron Henry said – I'm not saying he's Kirby Joseph or Kendall Smith, but he's got the, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but the, he's got the talent of those guys. And I thought, all right, good afternoon, Aaron Henry. That's a statement. Especially the Kirby well, Joseph one, right? Cause Kirby's kind of a freak athlete. The path has been, yeah, he really was. That is still the path has been similar, right? Wide mm-hmm. receiver kind of a, where do you fit here? Where do you fit here? Kirby Joseph played ever. He was debating between wide receiver and defensive back when Brett Bielema got here Kendall Smith had been all over the place. Miles Scott was a wide receiver, obviously moved over. So that was a pretty interesting bit of news. But we still don't know the strong safety. I would lean towards Demetrius Hill. Yeah. Uh, and I, I th- but I still think we're going to see Clayton Bush. I think you're going to see him in that dime package a, a lot and, and probably rotating in there. Because Brett Bielma is all about this guy. I mean, he has been really, really high on him. He, he always drops it. If I had two or three years with him, right, he'd, he'd be an NFL prospect. He may as well just look into every high school coach's office and say, listen, like just ignore the rest. He's, he's not talking. He's talking to every high school coach. Demetrius Hill fits the bill of, of what – I mean, you talk about the guy that looks closest physically to Matthew Bailey, long, strong, physical, athletic. Demetrius Hill fits that. And the way they've talked about his intelligence, his football IQ, that stands out to me. Um, so I, I think Demetrius Hill would probably be the guy. I think they're both going to play though. So I, I think it's both going to be a rotation here at the strong safety position. Maybe it's Demetrius Hill, 70% of the snaps and Clayton Bush 30. I, I don't know what that would be, but I think they're both going to play. So I, I think focusing on one kind of like the linebacker situation, Kanena Odaluga and Dylan Rosiak, they're both going to play. Um, one will probably play more reps than the other, but they're both going to play significant reps. So, yeah, I think we got a little bit more clarity on the safety position, which was like the position I was guessing at the most. Like I felt like Miles Scott was starting to separate himself, but we still didn't know who was playing where. And the fact that he didn't mention Nicario Harper for either of those. And then you asked the great question today of, we saw last year, the safeties, the nickel, the star position, practice with the safeties and he said well that was more because Quan Martin was a safety who played star and Xavier Scott who sounds like he's going to be a breakout candidate this year they have so much confidence in him he's a corner that's practicing with the stars but he mentioned that their backup is likely a safety I think that's Nicario Harper because I was told when he was committed that he could play the star position that was kind of what they thought he would be I thought we saw him playing strong safety during training camp when Matthew Bailey was out, but uh sounds like he could be a star. Tyson Rooks has been in that mold. So just trying to figure out where Nicario Harper fits. I think it could be that star role. Maybe it's the free safety behind Miles Scott. We'll see. Yeah, I, I'm 100% with you there. But, I mean, it, I keep coming back. We talked about it at when, they, when these commitments happened. First Demetrius Hill and then Clayton Bush. Why? Like, you already took Nicario Harper for spring ball. Then you go out and add two more safeties, and I think it's twofold. I think it's maybe that's around the time. We don't know when Matthew Bailey had this, as Brett Bielma described it, setback, but maybe that's around that time, and maybe they they just wanted to see a little bit more out of Nicario Harper and Spring that they didn't see, and then they went out to yeah. what we thought at the time may have been insurance, but maybe it's it's more plug-and-play guys. We'll see. I mean, it's that's the hard part about not being able to see this in person. Uh, I still think Nicario Harper is going to have – he's going to be in the two deep. I, I don't think there's yes. anything beyond that, possibly at a few different spots. 
but I did find that interesting that he wasn't brought up. And, and as we say, you know, Brett Bielan said the, the backup may come from the safety room. You can kind of go down the list here of who we've seen at safety, and he's the guy who would most fit in that mold there. All right, if I had to make a change to my projected depth chart last week, and Joey told me to put this guy, so I'm, I'm going to shout out Joey. I sided with the senior, Jordan Slaughter, to start at right guard. Uh, he has been uh, – he started at right guard during the scrimmage, Brett Bielma said, but that's because Zy Chrysler was out with a minor ankle injury. Sounds like he'll be back this week. So that bumped Josh Geske out to right tackle. Uh, but, Joey, you've had a good read on the offensive line competition that Josh Geske might be the, the favorite here. But the fact that they're starting to rep Jordan Slaughter a little bit more at center tells me um, I think Geske's going to win this job. He's bigger. He's emerged. You know, Jordan Slaughter proved himself as a solid, serviceable rotation player last year. But he's got one year of eligibility left, and I think they're really intrigued by what Geske can do. And the way the players talk about Geske's physicality, which I know Bart Miller, if you're going to do anything for Bart Miller, it's be the most physical guy. Um, and it sounds like Geske's got the advantage here. Yeah, I think so too. I, I asked Bart Miller, I'd have to go back. It's probably something I should do after this podcast. Just about Geske moving from tackle in the spring, which is really his first significant reps uh, during his time here. And then kicking inside to guard, because it seems to us as like Chrysler healthy as the right tackle. Yes. I don't have any questions about that. Uh, so, so how is that looking? And Bart Miller talked about his power and his strength, and that matter. You said it, that matters. You can go back to almost any recruiting story when you here. Remember how they found Isaiah Adams? He took a coach down uh, during a drill at, at community college, and like this is it for us. We, we like this here. He wants physical. He so, wants so if you're athlete. out there, Juke goes just knock over your position coach during drills. That, that'll, when that'll, Bart Miller and Brett Bielema are there. That'll like, get their juices a, going. Yeah. yeah, call to set up a meeting with these guys and knock over your position coach. You're probably in good standing. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I thought thought it had probably been trending that way. And I, I do think that Geske's – so with Slaughter at right guard, that would have mean Geske would have been a right tackle during that scrimmage. I think that versatility is really, really important. Uh, especially uh, as you're seeing now, it was like Chris dealing with a, a my, very, very minor ankle injury. I think that matters. I think the power, I think the confidence probably of getting those spring reps. Look, come on. I And we've said this. I think Bart Miller ha has alluded to this. When they got here, I don't know that they would have pictured this right now, his redshirt sophomore year being what, what you and I think is a likely starter on the offensive line. And Dude's worked his butt off. Brett Bielema mentioned he's a type 1 diabetic, and he said, when I saw him handling that, uh, that's when I was like, this guy's really got something. Now, he was asked. We, we should also say Brett Bielema specifically asked about him, so it's not like he was tipping anything yeah. off. But, yeah, man, I, I think he's probably the front runner for that. And at the worst case, like, you have Jordan Slaughter, who you know you can play, right? Whether it's left guard, right guard, maybe center. I know he's had issues snapping. I think Zach Barlow is probably the backup guy there. Um, but Geske that he can play right tackle for you. Like that, the fact that we could put in slaughter, move Geske at right tackle if Chrysler needs a breather or if Chrysler gets hurt, um, or if they have to move tackles, like one of the tackles gets hurt, like maybe Geske can play one of those positions. I think that's that's huge that you got that versatility. We know Isaiah Adams can play tackle in a pinch. So the versatility of that I think is so huge when you start developing your top six, top seven, top eight. And then after that. After Slaughter would probably be your sixth guy, and I think he's going to play a little bit. I think Brandon Henderson, the true freshman, uh, is in that mix. And I think Hardner Whitenack would probably wrap that up because he can play guard and tackle probably on the right side. But feel better about that too deep, especially with the way they talk about Brandon Henderson. Yeah, and Geske, right? Uh, or, I'm sorry, yeah. um, Zach Barlow. I think Zach Barlow's yes. backup center. But, yeah, I – it's coming along. This was a like we talked a lot about the wide receiver room in, in our last position preview, and obviously the quarterback room. Offensive line needed to make over two when they got here. That room, everybody remembers Brett Bielma's out of context comments. He inherited but, some good starters. He inherited some good starters, but whew, after that, it's tough. And offensive line is a little bit different because it takes time. Like you can't just get unless you're Brandon Henderson who really, really looks like a gem in the recruiting class. Like, they didn't just find him out of nowhere. He was committed to Iowa State. So this wasn't uh, a Matthew Bailey or a Macrosetich, but he really looks like a gift for them, the way they're talking about him through the spring, into the summer and the fall. Starting left tackle 2024. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't have a lot of doubt about that unless 
all-conference left tackle in the transfer portal calls and says, I would like to arrive at Illinois. (laughs) I don't have a lot of doubts about that. But, yeah, it takes time, and you're starting to see that time pay off a little bit, and and you're starting to see some depth emerge. You can't have enough, and I think there's still some holes where they would like more depth, but you're starting to see that come to fruition. All right, nose tackle. I wrote about Denzel Daxon over the weekend from the Bahamas, was a really highly regarded prospect. I mean, he earned a Miami offer and committed to Miami within two months of playing his first high school football game. So the talent is obviously there. To me, just standing next to him, seeing them up close, he's bigger than T-Rod Edwards. Um, He seems more powerful. But that if he takes that starting nose tackle job, which I'm kind of expecting at this point, the way uh, we've heard Terrence Jamison talk about him, we've seen him rep with the first string, that's a great development. Because I thought T. Edwards could be a solid player for you, but if they think Denzel Daxon is better, I think that's a great development at nose tackle where you feel like you got depth there. And then, you know, Sed McConnell can potentially play there. Keith Randolph can play there on passing downs. That strengthens the defensive line, and, and they feel like Sed McConnell has really developed. We don't know if he's been practicing lately. He was kind of missing time with an injury. But um, D-line depth with Daxon and McConnell, you're feeling a little bit better beyond the law firm. A little bit. A little, a little bit. bit. I, I'll i give you credit. You gave me credit on the Gasky one. You, you know, I was looking over your depth chart, projected depth chart, depth chart rather, and I messaged you and I had all caps, Daxon? I didn't <laughs> see that one coming, but you're right. The way they've talked about him, that's, and Terrence Jamison has, has really glowed when he's talked about him. It, it does look like it's going that way. And I, I didn't, I don't know that you and I really saw that coming in the spring. It definitely early on in camp, but it's kind of trended that way. And if you can have I, – I didn't feel great about – I mean, I guess they had T-Rod Edwards, but you get T-Rod with another year uh, with this program. I think you probably – I don't know if anyone's Calvin Avery in, in terms of what he was able to do, but I think you probably have less of a gap between your one and your two. And I know Dax and or, uh, Edwards is – you know, in that conversation in both of those spots, but just another year with these guys, probably feel better about your top two options there than you did a year ago. All right, let's talk about a few more position battles. But first, I want to tell everybody about Home Field Apparel. They're a premium collegiate apparel brand based in Indianapolis, and they emphasize their commitment to creating incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. We're going through some of these Illinois designs, and they're fantastic. You got the script Illini, the flying Illini. You got the 0405 basketball logo. It's phenomenal, really comfortable gear. We have some of it. Uh, Piper's got a few of these shirts. I got a few of these shirts. Incredibly comfortable, guys. And home feels all about authenticity and nostalgia. Also, try that ringer tee, the orange ringer tee. Fantastic. I'm telling you guys, give their site a look. It's not the typical Illinois gear you usually see. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com where you can see the collection of colleges available. And guess what? Our listeners get 15% off their first order with coupon code Illini23. It's the perfect apparel to get you ready for the upcoming season. So go check them out. That's homefieldapparel.com. Our listeners get 15% off their first order with discount code Illini23. I got to get you some of those, Joey. Maybe we can get you some – you want any random colleges we can get you from Homefield? Oh, that'd be good. Let me think of some real, real random ones. Yeah, we'll check them out. All right, I wanted to bring up a few more. Kicker. Do we have a kicker battle? I don't think so. I think it's going to be Caleb Griffin. But, Robbie, I mean, we've seen David Alano kick, and it's it's fantastic. Like He's really good. <laughs> Caleb Griffin <laughs> is really good, too. I mean, there's something about seeing a 5'10", 150-pound kid oh, who's only God. been kicking for a year and a half. And to Come see for him, the quarterback discussion. Save for uh, Jeremy getting lightheaded over a kicker. <laughs> it is uh, hot in my – you got the air conditioning. It's, it is hot in my booth here. Oh, no, I looked into that. But, I mean, he's legit. The leg is legit. The distance is legit. He's accurate. And, listen, I think Caleb Griffin's going to be the, the kicker. Um, but I think David Alano's going to travel, and I think they'd be comfortable with David Alano starting. Robbie Disher told us the other day, like, he's forcing us in a, a tough decision here and that he's really pushing Caleb. I think that's great. I think Caleb has been a fantastic mentor for David. David talked about that. I wrote about it last week. But I, I just think it's something – that Robbie said it's a competition. I, I think Caleb Griffin will get it. I think it's good long-term. If Caleb Griffin is the all-Big Ten honorable mention plus kicker 
that we expect him to be. And then you have a guy behind him who they think is going to be just as good. You redshirt David Alano this year and you get four years of him. That's, that's a pretty good situation. It is. Uh, I'll, I'll admit, like, after Brett Bielema mentioned Caleb Griffin as a punter, I sat – you and I were sitting there waiting for media, and I said, what if he's a punter and Alano's a kicker? He said, I knew you were going to bring that up. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I truly don't, but that's good. This is – look, Fabrizio Pentone had his moment against Iowa. He was very, very, very valuable in that. But the kickoffs left a lot to be desired. The kickoffs when Caleb Griffin missed time – we're not very good, and you really, really miss that. Oh man, this, this is this is hot and bothered. Special teams talking. I love it, Joey. I know I, the but, kickoffs. The kickoffs were so bad when Caleb Griffin was not in. I'm so happy you mentioned that. They were. They were. They were. And I think you're. I mean, just to have a backup kick. Look, here's the thing with Caleb Griffin punting, you could probably just travel Hugh Robertson, Caleb Griffin, and David Alano because you've got a backup punter. And you've got a backup kicker without putting too much on Caleb Griffin on the road in terms of kickoff, punts, field goals, extra points, the whole operation. But yeah, if David Alano is pushing a potential all Big Ten kicker and you can let him go out there in a couple moments, if, if that's what it comes down to, if the, the opportunity presents himself, we've talked about it. I don't know the schedule will. You could have four years of him. That's good. I mean, that, that is, that's as good as it was when Caleb Griffin was behind James McCord. It's as good as the situation. It's not quite uh, Chase McLaughlin, Chase McCourt, Caleb Griffin. Kicker you, man. That was that was quite the the kicker production there. That This is shaping up to potentially be a pretty good problem yeah. to have, if, it, if you want to call it a problem. Any other positions we should mention here? I think there's rotation battles um, going on. Uh, Reggie Love and Josh McCray are the top options at running Did you back. find it interesting that Brett Bielema said they only played the first half? That's like Newton Randolph-like treatment. Yeah. And Williams. Listen, some people might tell you different. They feel really good about their running back situation. They feel good about those top two options. I don't think either is Chase Brown. I think they're going to be very productive in the run game. Um, is Caden Fagan in the rotation? Because Brett Bielema continues to bring up Caden Fagan every opportunity he gets. I think Aiden Lawfrey's got a chance to play because of that speed. Jordan Anderson, and it's like who is the top guys? Jordan Anderson or Caden Fagan that can break into that big back role if they want to do that. I don't know if there's that many carries because it's Josh McCray. Six break into the big back role with Josh McCray on the roster. <laughs> Goodness. Well, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think if you can get him some time out there, Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic has now quickly become the circle that's like, if Illinois is where we think they should be, I think it should be, then that could present an opportunity. Florida Atlantic's in the early stages of a Tom Herman rebuild that could very yes. well end uh, well for them. Uh, he's a very good coach. We've seen that. But that seems to be the game where these two programs are, where it's like, could a freshman maybe get an opportunity in this? And probably, you know, I asked him the other well, last week, I said, it seems like you've been mentioning him a lot more. Why? Why are you doing this? And he did say Jordan Anderson was out with that back. Yeah. Um, issue that, that allowed Caden Fagan probably to move up a little bit in the depth chart. Sounds like Jordan Anderson's still in front of him, but it sounds like Fagan's been impressive. And we say that knowing he was a four-star recruit who had offers from a lot of Brett Bielema said every Big Ten school and a private school. Hello, Notre Dame, if you're listening. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it shouldn't be a surprise. He, he's built like an adult. Yeah. He, he's fast. We've seen him with that speed. It's just a matter of acclimating. How quickly is he acclimated? How big of an opportunity is there? I don't know that he's in the rotation. Could he get some late game carries? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, you know, if, if that the game's in the position to do that, yeah, I think that's very much on the table. I think it's just for further, four games. Yes. I, th I think you're, it's further proof you're pretty good at that running back position. Uh, Malik Ellis, you got another mention when he was asked about freshmen today. Um, no surprise there. I, I think Hank Beatty and Malik Elsey are the next wideouts after those three starters. Uh, who else gets in the rotation, whether it's Sean Miller, Canary Wilcher, Alex Kapka-Jones, Ashton Hollins. I think those are the guys in the mix. He has really talked up Alec Bryant lately, and I asked uh, Charlie Bowen about him. Their third outside linebacker behind Seth Coleman uh, and uh, Gabe Ackes, of course. And what Charlie told me, I don't think Alec Bryant's the twitchiest guy, the, the longest guy, but he's just really consistent, uh, and the motor runs high for him. I mean, he's a former four-star prospect, so he's talented. And, and you see him up close. He looks like a former four-star prospect. That's a, that's a great room. Like, when you don't might not have to play Jared Beatty this year, 
who's a really good, highly regarded prospect. The fact that Ezekiel Holmes, who started a game last year, is going to find it hard to get playing time this year when he's healthy. Uh, I think that says a lot about that that linebacker room. And and just to mention the secondary again, they are talking up Xavier Scott a lot. I think they have more confidence in Xavier Scott than maybe any DB. And you know Taz Nicholson's in that group too. Those two have certainly solidified their spot. But it sounds like Tyler Strain's going to be the other corner, and he played well towards the end of last year, so it's not a surprise for me. But those are just a couple other guys that got mentioned today. Yeah, not the tallest cornerback, starting cornerback duo in the Big Ten, which is interesting because that is a room with great length and great size, and, and they're young, though, right? The, the Most of the length and most of the size are, are freshmen, if not redshirt freshmen. Uh, but I, I do think there's probably still some cornerback two competition going on in there. We saw Illinois had to go pretty deep in the reserves last year when injuries hit for cornerbacks, and that probably paved the way for Xavier Scott and a Tyler Strain to be where they're at right now. But I, I do want to circle the, the Xavier Scott-Brett Bielema hype train one more time because – Today was about as effusive as he has been all fall. And he and that's not to say he'd really been reserved about him, but man, he was he was pretty much glowing today. There was a lot of similarities to the way they talked about Quan Martin last year. And not that I'm saying Xavier Scott's a future second round pick, but like we knew Quan Martin could play uh, and could start for a good Big Ten team. We did not know he'd be a superstar or a star. And sometimes he gets overlooked because Sidney Brown and, and uh, Devin Witherspoon, what they did last year, but he was so good. And, and obviously the NFL acknowledged that, but the way they talked about Quan Martin last year is the way they're talking about Xavier Scott. Like guys, like if we haven't mentioned him enough, like Xavier Scott's really good is basically how it feels to me that they expect him to be maybe their best guy in the secondary along with Taz Nicholson. Yeah. And I, I told you this media day, Brett Bielema said, you know, same thing. Taz Nicholson, Xavier Scott have continued to, to be who they were. Uh, three or four days later when we talked with Aaron Henry, he was talking about finding that depth. And as they continued to sort through the defensive back, he said, I'm not worried about my starting corner. I'm not worried about my starting nickel. It is. That, that is that is those two. Uh, Xavier Scott has a position versatility if they need him to be a corner. I think that would only be if somebody, you know, if your, your backup nickel was so good you couldn't keep him off the field. Uh, I, I don't. Look, Ryan Walters told us last year that they recruited him to be a star, to be the star in this, the nickel in this defense. I don't think anything's changed. I don't expect yeah. that to change. I think it would have to be a rash of injuries to change that. That's that's going to be his spot, and, and those games he played a year ago are, are going to really, really matter here come September second. By the way, you caught yourself the way I the way I always go nickel rather than stars because like we're talking about the star position, yeah. <laughs> not, not like a superstar. Uh, we're talking about the star, like, so that's why I like to go nickel. Uh, but they call it star. Um, the, I guess the biggest backup battle I'm interested in probably corner, right? Who who is behind Tyler Strain? Is it one of the JUCOs, Prince Ford or Caleb Patterson, or is it one of the freshmen? I've been impressed by Zachary Tobe when we've seen him. Um, is it Toby? Toby? I, know, I heard Toby. you ask him. It's Toby. Toby. I heard you ask him because we've heard it a few different ways. And then, and then he says, I've been called Tobe my entire life. Everyone calls me Tobe. Um, Sabor Kareem is going to be in that mix. He mentioned Jaheim Clark today. So I, I'm interested to see that backup battle. Any other backup battle you're really interested in? I mean, I, who's behind Miles Scott? <laughs> I think it's probably Clayton Bush or Demetrius Hill also I until Matthew Bailey comes back. Uh, shout out. He gave a shout out to Matt Krasetich. We've heard that a few times. Uh, the coaches, Aaron Henry has mentioned him. Um, Matt Krasetich, late bloomer, uh, late addition, former baseball player. He gets some Matthew Bailey vibes with the way they're talking about him. So I think he's going to, he's going to see the field. Um, he screams special team yes. freshman year into bigger role on the defensive side of the ball, uh, sophomore year, retro freshman year, however that plays out for him. I agree with you. Anything else you want to hit before we get to a few questions here, Joey? No, I think I feel about as good about our position depth chart that we've talked about on every pod. And I know you've you've written it and you got a more updated battle piece coming. But I feel pretty good about where we think who's going to be where and, and in yeah. what order, as I have. And it's the third week. I mean, at this yeah. point, secrets are kind of out here. Yeah. Death ass. I love Reggie loves loyalty, but worry about his effectiveness. I love Josh McCray, but worry about durability. Excited to hear about Brett's excitement and Fagan and you guys liking Anderson. And I'll throw Lawfrey in there. The fact that he's healthy. Like there's never been a question about for me, talent. He's fast. He's big for a he's five foot ten, two hundred five pounds. Like he's built. 
Um, I think he's got some similarities to Chase Brown physically. It's just he needs to stay healthy. Uh, so I think he could play a role there. I'm not worried about running back. I think Reggie Love can be a really, a really good running back. He's got talent. This is not some former mid-three-star prospect. This is a guy who is highly recruited, was a big deal when they got him. I know he's the Trinity Catholic pipeline. You expected to get some of those kids, but he's a talented back that I think showed at the end of last year, Joey, like he's got speed, he's got some power, he's got some quickness. So I feel like he's almost been underrated because he dealt with injuries. He's never been fully healthy until the end of last year. And I was excited with what we saw from him. I know Northwestern was down, um, but I thought there were a few runs last year that showed what he's capable of. And he's, he's reliable. He's a reliable blocker. I would say the staff probably thinks Josh McCray leads them in rushing at the end of the year. Cause I, I know Brett Bielma loves him. Yeah. I think some of the hesitation with Reggie love is you just haven't seen him because you've had the, the running backs in front of him had to step into that bigger role. And you just, it's the fear of the unknown, I guess, because you saw Josh McCray in a pretty big role as a freshman. And he doesn't do, sorry to interrupt. No, he's kind of good at everything. Not great at one thing. Like he doesn't want to elite trait. And that's why I've kind of, mentioned the Mike Epstein thing before. I don't think Mike had an elite trait, but he was just kind of good at everything. And there's space for those backs. Like th- those backs can be pretty productive. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I just, I think a lot of the hesitation, if, if people have it with him is just haven't seen it. You haven't seen him yeah. in that big one B one, a one B role. And this is his chance. That's what college football is too, right? Like there's a lot of fear of the unknowns out there. Not all of them work, right? And some of them work really, really, really well. We'll see, man. Yeah. Um, Def, we love the nose tackle talk. Nose tackle is my ultimate X factor, attracting double teams, pulling tackles for statistical improvement across the entire front seven and DBs keeping everything in front of them. Calvin Avery had moments. He was awesome last year. And yeah, the nose tackle, there's not going to be a ton of stats there. Their job is to disrupt things, put pressure in the face of quarterbacks uh, and to take up blockers right for everyone behind them. But most importantly, they're going to get a lot of one-on-one battles right with centers in the big 10 because they're going to double team Johnny Newton or Keith Randolph. And if Denzel Jackson can win his one-on-one battles with the way Jameson talks about him, like Calvin Avery did at times last year, that's huge. Calvin Avery was a key cog of, of that defense, even if he wasn't one of the eight all big 10 guys. <laughs> yeah, a lot. Uh, <laughs> Keith Randolph and Johnny Newton will tell you that. Yeah. Like they'll tell you that they, they don't, they're, they're good football players. And that Johnny Newton certainly wouldn't be bashful about telling you that. Uh, but that that position opens up a lot for them. And you don't notice it until you notice it. Like when it's really, really good, maybe Calvin Avery's knocked someone down is in the backfield. But you notice it when it's bad, right? Or you notice it when it's not good. It's just a really overlooked position that, that everybody in that room will tell you is, is really important here. Yeah, so when you uh, go up against Wisconsin and Braylon Allen, having somebody occupy that center and occupy those A-gaps is – is really important. I mean, the Big Ten to running, especially the Big Ten West, the last year of it. Last one, Sante Wong. Any word on freshman quarterback Cal Swanson in training camp? Joey, go for it. I mean, I think he's down there, right? It's He's probably the fifth quarterback. See, he's a guy who his tape showed he was a, he's very, very athletic. He's very fast. Uh, he's got flashes. We're like, oh, that's intriguing. But he, he needed some refinement coming in. He's a true freshman. We'll see. I mean, I, he's behind – Obviously, Luke Altmaier, John Paddock, Donovan Leary, and Kirkland Michaud. I mean, I, I don't, yeah. it's development time for him. He's a development quarterback. He's a developmental prospect. Um, you watch the film, and I use this. You see some Johnny Manziel there, right? And that, boy, it's exciting. There's there's great athlete. There's some throws that you're like, whoa. But there's also just the footwork needs a lot of work. Um, the accuracy needs some work. And he didn't have the best team around him. His high school coach will tell you that. But um, it's just he's a great athlete. He really intrigues me with his tools. But I think those tools need a lot of sharpening. Um, so I, I think it's going to take time. And I think they knew that. I think he knew that coming in here. So this year is all about learning. He got in here early. I think that's important. Now he's going to be taking a lot of scout team reps. And then it's about how do you grow from that? How do you learn from Altmeyer and Paddock and, and Donovan Leary? So I think it's going to be a couple of years before we see Cal Swanson figure into this you know, top of the quarterback depth chart. Which I think was the exact expectation when he committed. Yeah. Uh, you know, the buzz had kind of been, asked me in a couple of years. And, yes. you know, it's, it's kind of been. <laughs> the week the, after the, I was know, told, ask me in three years. Yeah. Which is fine, which is fine, right? 
We do have one more question. Logan E, is it September 2nd yet? It is not. Not quite. So we had a but, date update? Yes. Yes, I will update you on the date today. It is not September 2nd. Uh, but the, the point I really wanted to make, there, there is – maybe it's just a starting quarterback being named. Maybe it's because it's getting closer. You're starting to feel it a little bit more. Uh, do from, do from the phrase. Just the interest. Palpable buzz. Are we going to use mm-hmm. that? Palpable buzz. Uh, no. I will not. <laughs> um, but but you le- legitimately are starting to feel more so than than years past. And we've talked about this. You're starting to feel a little bit more energy about this program. I do think there's still some hesitation. I think a lot of people are still what ifs. But I think this is a big year for Brett Bielema for this football team to not be a one off last year. Mm-hmm. To to go back to a bowl game to keep that energy going forward. You're seeing it. I think they're up north of 30,000 total season ticket sales, which is 10,000 new. You're seeing it in the student section. I know those numbers have gone up year over year. But I think there's still a lot of fans don't want to be let down again. Yeah, they're excited, but but there's a guard up. There's a guard up of – That's right. That's the best way to put it, yeah. Yeah, we've been been teased in the past. But I think this this team's got really high floor. It all starts in the trenches. And if Luke Altmaier can be solid, if your safeties – can be good like I, I think you could be making a run at the Big Ten West but boy you're gonna find out early you're gonna find out really early with Toledo the MAC champion um that's gonna be like a nine point spread I think right now uh, at home like that that's a competitive game people expect Kansas you're gonna be an underdog Penn State you're gonna be an underdog so you'll find out pretty early um you got a chance to to make a, a statement in, in the month of September and and head into really Big Ten West play with Purdue at the end of September and all those other teams in, in October, November, um, kind of knowing a little bit about what you are, but even if they drop a game early or drop two of their first three, Joe, I, th- I think they'll find a way to bounce back. Cause this has been proven to be a pretty good staff that that's going to find a way to get them in competitive games. And I expect to have a lot of competitive close games again. I'm with you. I think the vibe is shifting away from Michael Scott. I'm ready to be heard again. <laughs> I think it's that that was always uh, the late or late August vibe. I think it's shifting from that. Yeah, whenever I go on any radio show uh, and talk about Brett Bielema's impact, I just say, guys, for a decade, there's just been you feel like you're not in the same realm. There's just such a level of competency here now that it, it, even if this year's a disappointment, it feels like they're still going to be in the mix for a bowl game. It's not going to be two and ten or three and you know what I mean, like. With like just such ugly a, ten losses too. Like some of those losses yes. in those bad years were gross. Iowa. You don't you don't belong in the same conference. You, you didn't for for several years there. Now I just expect you to be competitive in every game, and that that's a credit to Brett Bielma because that I expected to go into a lot of games I covered for five, six, seven, eight years. Illinois is going to get blown out, and now I expect them to be competitive in every game. And to be honest with you, this year I expect them to win more than they lose. That that's a, that's a credit to Brett Bielma and his staff. It is, and people are buying into that. I've always thought, like, everyone thought it, Illinois basketball is Illinois basketball, right? There's no question there. But I think a lot of people thought for a while, the, the way the product was, football was a placeholder until basketball started. I always we, got we used to call it we used to call it Operation Prolong Relevancy for football season <laughs> on the radio show, just to like, get us through to through October where we don't have to talk about basketball preseason. Yeah, but I, I always got the sense that like. People were ready to jump on board. There had just been nothing to give them a yes. reason to do it. And I think you're starting to see that reason. I think for me, it's it's probably going to take this year for me to say, all right. It's because, like, you do feel like, in the, like it feels weird saying certain things that are very rational to say, very based in what we've seen on the field or based in knowledge to say, you know, floor bowl game type things. Like, that still feels weird to say. But like I think this year might be the one that yes. can finally kick that away and say it's not weird to say anymore. That's yeah. why I wrote him on Big Ten Media. It's the story of the season. Like we can talk about Big Ten West Championship, we can talk about you know getting to a better bowl game, all those different things. This season, as we look back in ten years, is going to be about can you sustain success? Well, it starts now. It starts now. It starts with this season, and and we'll start to see what that looks like in twelve days here at Memorial Stadium. I got nothing left, Joey, but uh, I am so pumped to do our O-line, D-line podcast. I think we might record that tomorrow. 
Good. As long as we record it from a, a booth that is a little cooler than the 85, I'm currently, I'm a, I am a very warm individual. It's a hot mess, people. Uh, thank you for listening to the Atlantic Choir podcast. Thank you to everybody for our live YouTube listeners. We appreciate you guys hopping on board with us in the middle of the day. Give me some Illini football talk with Luke Altmaier being named the starter. Hit the like button on the way out. Subscribe to us. Hit the notifications bell. And if you're listening to the podcast, give us a follow rating review wherever you get your podcasts. And check out Illini Inquirer for all the latest on Illinois football, Illinois basketball, and even those non-revenue sports. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast.